and welcome to Dare to Use the F Word, the podcast that brings you stories about how millennials are taking on feminist ideas and making them their own. I'm Rebecca Lee Douglas, and I'm here today with Ali Salas, who's currently an alumna fellow for the Barnard Center for Research on Women. Ali also hosted our first ever episode of the podcast in the spring of 2013 on street harassment. And you can go listen to that on iTunes or at bcrw.barnard.edu. You can also find Ali curating exhibitions at the Museum of Contemporary African Diasporan Arts in Brooklyn. Dare to Use the F Word is a production of Barnard College and the Barnard Center for Research on Women. In today's episode of the podcast, we're going to share an interview with Jade Foster, Jade is a young black woman who identifies as queer. She grew up in a religious community in Washington, D.C., with conflicting messages about what it meant to be gay. But poetry ultimately helped her embrace her identity. Jade began the Revival Poetry Tour with the aim to bring queer women of color together with poetry. Once a year, Jade organizes a group of queer black women poets and musicians. They pack into a tour bus and drive around the country performing their work and creating communities of support. But before we play the interview, I wanted to play this clip from an upcoming documentary about the tour called The Revival, Women in the Word. Hopefully it'll give you a feel for the women who perform. The person speaking is the poet Ty Freedom Ford. Black women in particular, I feel like, and black queer women especially, have been marginalized and, you know, their voices have been kind of ignored or just unheard of because they've just been on the fringe. And I feel like, you know, we deserve a place at the table just like everyone else. So as a queer woman of color myself, I was excited to talk to Jade about how she went about creating a place at the table for these women. I started our conversation by asking her about growing up in Washington, D.C. and her early impressions of what it meant to be a queer black woman. I'm from D.C., and D.C. is Chocolate City, or used to be, so everything is black woman to me, and everything is black in my life. And, uh, you know, my mom had gay girlfriends. It was a couple of dykes in the neighborhood. I had read Aunt Bruce Sinclair's um, Coffee Will Make You Black. Women of Brewster Place had two lesbian characters. Uh, Blue as I discuss lesbianism in a, in a f- short way. Um, so I was exposed to it. Jada was exposed to it, but even though she was reading about queer women and seeing them in the community, as an adolescent, she didn't understand them. She saw being gay as a bad thing, which made her feel ashamed when she started to have feelings for other girls. And I didn't have anything to name it. I didn't learn the word lesbian until college. I had a best friend in middle school who, like, I was totally in love with, and we were hell in a relationship. Like, I love you at the end of conversations, but, you know, I never invited her to my slumber parties at the same time because something in the back of my head said, mm, this, this friendship's a little... Different. <laughs> a little different, and my mommy would not like it. But I could not name it. And, you know, I didn't want to be a dyke. I had identified being gay with, like, you know, being awful because of church and because... um. I didn't want to be, like, a boy. Jay says she officially came out when she went to college and started hearing people talk openly for the first time about what it meant to be queer. I went to Sarah Lawrence College, and my whole life changed. 
Uh, so when I came back home the first summer, me and my best friend were swinging on a bench in front of her mom's house and just holding each other's hand. And I said, Nigeria, I think I love you. And she was like, I love you too. And I said, no, I love you, love you. And she said, no, I love you, love you too. And, um, you know, we kissed and that was my first love. And it was cool when I came out to my family. Uh, it wasn't cool with my church. Uh, and so then that had to change. I had to really grapple with my idea of religion and spirituality and God um, and create my own relationship. Um, but I totally had to leave my church. Do you have memories of when you were when you were first drawn to poetry or when that um, medium became significant in your life? So it's always been important. Uh, I've always written, I've always read. I was reading at like four years old. I went to an arts high school okay. and I was in the writing department and that's when I like, you know, started taking it as a career or thinking about it as a craft as opposed to just something I like to do for fun. Right. Do you have memories of the first poems or other uh, kinds of pieces that you wrote? Yeah, yeah. Um, more so than wrote, read. Uh, one of my mom's social workers gave me this book of black poetry edited by Dudley Randall. And I was so attracted to this poem called Negritude. And it's like, black is this, black is that, black is this, black is that. Um, and from there, like, I would just imitate poems that was in that book. So my first poem, like literal poem, was called Stressed Out, and I wrote it in sixth grade. It was about a boy who was really cool, a girl who was really nerdy, and a girl who was really pretty, and we were still all just stressed out. <laughs> Could you talk about the Revival Poetry Tour and how that came to be? Um, the Revival Poetry Tour is a salon-style poetry tour of queer women artists. It started in 2010. We went to... A lot of cities, uh, Toronto, Chicago, Brooklyn, D.C., Durham, Atlanta, Detroit, and we stopped in Oberlin. Uh, so it was a big old adventure. Um, but basically, it's just a whole bunch of poets. We get in the car, we go from city to city, and we do a show. How did you? How did the group come about? Did you know the the artist before, or um, you know, I I used to do open mics in my house uh, when I first like graduated college. And just in the DC scene, met people. So when I did the revival, I just called a couple of poets that I knew. And every year just kept seeking a higher caliber. And what was it like performing, going around from city to city? Did you feel like there were differences in how the salon style worked? Yeah, um, I'm not a performer, I don't perform anymore. Uh, but every city was totally different. I mean, Brooklyn is just a great audience. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of fun. Everyone is like down for the cause and ready to like talk to people. Pot in my pots, my touches, my kisses that don't fit in your day. Allow me to reintroduce a girl named Friday. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I'm still a woman. Chicago's show, we um, we didn't have a traditional revival. We were guests at a powwow open mic, and it's a black lesbian open mic that's been running every Tuesday for the past 10 years. Don't knock the dice for rocking the mic. <laughs> you know, it was 21 year olds, but it was also 72 year olds. Hear my words echo off of the chapel ceilings like who I am sleeping with is any of their business. I am not 
wrong. Durham was crazy. Um, and since the South is kind of isolated, I asked her friend, is the revival even relevant? And she was just like, it might not be as important in a city like Brooklyn or DC, but in the South, like this kind of thing does not exist. Uh, so Durham was a really cool audience because people, the majority of the audience wasn't from Durham. It was like 10 people from Durham, but 10 people from Charlotte, but 10 people from Tennessee and 10 people from, you know, wherever else. Uh, because it was like this was the closest location they can get to to get to the show. Um, so that is a, a very rewarding and um, powerful testament to what we do that someone's like, oh, I drove five hours to come to this. Wow. Uh, so in terms of uh, audience response after the performances, what was that like? Were there any memorable ones? Or how would, how would the audience members come and, and respond to your work? Oh, man. Women cry. There's some criers, boy. So um, there's a lot of tears at a revival show. There really, really is. That speaks a lot to the things that we're sharing. Um, and also, literally, I haven't had a set where someone in the audience doesn't say, I cannot perform, or I really have this on my heart. I need to say this. I need to, you know, let people know what's on my mind. And so every show, we also have like a wild card performance. And just people who come and say, thank you, you know. This is something different. This is something I've never seen. And you know, you meet young college kids who are just like, yeah, I heard about this on Twitter. I did this, I did that. I came from Tennessee. Um, I wanna bring you to Vanderbilt. I wanna bring you to Boston. What did you learn from the tour? Was there, were there any experiences that stick out to you at all? Every year I only get sicker as a producer. Um, the first tour I financed myself and we stayed in people's couches the first tour. So it was like, not only did we pack our clothes, but we had to pack blankets and pillows and all our own sound and whew, didn't do that the second year, you know, that's a lot. So now as the revival grows, um, we're building an audience that cannot be contained in a living room at this point. And you know, that anything is possible. These women's stories have been captured in a documentary called The Revival, Women and the Word. The movie started with my director, Sakia Dorsett, and she's like, I would love to come on tour and just document it and make a movie. And I was like, okay, she's like, I need a second cameraman. I need this, I need that. We had people follow me during all the phases of pre-production, um, during the entire production. Um, you know, we had to have talks with the whole cast and crew of the film. Um, just in terms of, you know, being open to having a camera in your face and having to be on, kind of. Like, sometimes you just want to be quiet and just mind your business. But for the sake of the film, you have to say, oh, and this is how I feel. Oh, and this is what I'm doing. Oh, and wah, wah, wah. Um, so for me, having a camera in my face all the time was kind of fun. I never really minded it because I always just thought about, you know, we're documenting something here. So I tried to be as forthcoming as possible. So what do you hope the documentary will... Like, what kind of themes do you mm -hmm. feel like will emerge from it? I want the film to address the significance and the impact of poetry. So just um, a revival and a resurgence of making poetry relevant. Um, you know, like the DC show last in 2012 had over 500 people in the audience. And it's like, for some poets, not for... Jay-Z, I don't know. 500 isn't a lot, but for poetry, it's a lot. Um, so I feel like it should 
it'll speak to that. And I also feel like it'll speak to seven black women who never had a problem once, bringing women together across the country who have this one thing in common that might even change the next day. Like, I'm a lesbian today, but I don't have to be tomorrow. Like, who knows what my life is going to do? Um, but the fact that we're all coming from the same standpoint of loving creativity um, and loving ourselves, uh, I think you don't get to see that a lot. And I think the film speaks to that. Um, and third and finally, I also think I'm very proud of myself that in that same vein, the revival, the third year, and this film is like 100% supported by the community. I'm, I'm not asking a grant. I'm not asking a government. I'm not asking some rich corporation to uh, support our efforts. I'm asking the sister sitting beside me, the woman sitting beside me, the woman across from me, the woman who came. Um, so teaching audiences that might be ignored by major arts institutions that we're responsible for our own. Because I guess museums and arts institutions are like a whole nother situation. Mm -hmm. But in terms of mainstream popular culture, do you see representations of queer women of color changing? If it was uh, changing, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If we look at history and the history of media in this country, like there's always a bone thrown. There's always a resurgence of black film. There's always, oh, and now look at Will and Grace. Like, aren't you people happy now? It's like, no, I'm not. But as a black woman, as a artist of color, I know that I set the trends in this country. Mm -hmm. So at one, I feel like very soon, if we stay the course, um, everyone's gonna come over here anyway. Hip hop is brand new and everyone's over here. The entire world is over here. You know, jazz is what it was and it's an American music. So I just have to stay the course. Um, so do you have any idea of when the, the Revival Women of the Word will be premiering? I would like it to be out in October of 2014. I'm, I'm super excited to see it and I'm sure everyone that's listening will keep their eye out for when that premiere is. So as a queer woman of color, I really admire and appreciate Jade's efforts to create a safe space, not only our own communities, but also connecting people nationally. And I also think that what the Revival Poetry Tour does is provide us a space to create our own representations and how we want to be seen by ourselves and also those who are outside of our community. So moving forward, I'm really excited to see how the revival unfolds and how it develops and how we can include even more voices and perspectives into the dialogue. Thanks to Jade Foster for sharing her story with us. Thanks also to Kipret Yabeti for her help on this episode. And a special thanks to Sarah Dooley, who composed our podcast theme, and to my co-host, Ali Salas. All other music in this show was from live performances on the Revival Poetry Tour. Check out more podcast episodes and hear young feminists share their thoughts, stories, and ideas at the BCRW's website at bcrw.barnard.edu, or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And send your questions, comments, and ideas for future shows to bcrw at barnard.edu. That's all we have for today, but we'd like to leave you with a dare. Use the effort. word.